commercials, no subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. This is another edition of Banal of America, our uh, winter of weirdness, which I realized uh, as I was putting this, the graphics together for the show tonight that uh, I think next week has to like legally be the last episode of the winter of weirdness because uh, <laughs> spring is, is, is March 21st, so... I have no forth no forethought if that's even a word or no planning on this one so, so I don't know we'll just next week will be the last winter weirdness episode so that who knows what the hell you know spring of strangeness or some shit or just maybe just been all of America maybe <laughs> I'll just stick with that um, but we got an awesome show tonight we got an old friend of the program coming on uh, Aaron Gullius and he's behind an exciting new venture he's teaming up with his good friend Samantha Engel. Um, and they've they've put together sort of a spin-off of the saucer life um titled Great Lakes Lore uh wherein they look at legends uh from the Great Lakes region all sorts of different kinds of uh all kinds of different stuff sort of uh, high strangeness if you will but also sort of true crimey stuff and and I, I guess yeah as as the name suggests Great Lakes Lore it's lore um and so it's very interesting very cool stuff I uh, really enjoy the show, and I, I want to get them on the program so people could hear about it and check it out. And they got a Patreon now, um, and they got they got the, the, I think they've been doing the show since October, and it's uh, it's really picking up steam now uh, as the as the new year started. Uh, they've been really doing a lot of really good stuff. So, want to get them on but all of America because uh, I think well we had Aaron on it uh, last spring I think about almost yeah, this time of year spring. last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this had not come up yet, so no, uh, no, yeah, yeah. So, so welcome back to the show, Aaron. Hey, thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. There you go, and uh, and welcome to the show, Samantha. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm excited to be here too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Now, before we get into the genesis and how this whole this whole thing started, how Great Lakes lore started, uh, people. But all American listeners, they're familiar with Aaron, so why don't you kind of bring us up to speed? Who is Samantha Engel, um, and how did you, from what I can gather, because I've listened to a good amount of the show so far, uh, you know, you, you have an interest in the paranormal, which I think is awesome. So sort of how did, you, how did you wind up, how did all this come together in a sense? And what's your bio, yeah, your background, so, all that good stuff? Yeah, so um, I am a historian by trade, um, like Aaron, and... 
I have a master's degree in early American history and um, currently work in the public history field. I was the director of the Historic House Museum, and now I'm the historian at a um, botanical garden here in Michigan. And while, like, that's cool and fun and meaningful and all, I've always had a, uh, a great interest in in spooky, creepy things. Um, you know, as a little kid, I read Goosebumps, and it all evolved from there, right? So um, <laughs> I, you know, as, as I got a bit older and sort of took in reality TV and then podcasts and all that, I um, listened to a lot of different um, paranormal podcasts and always thought, oh, that would be kind of cool to do something like that. And um, thought I dropped enough hints to Aaron, but it just took a while for him to catch on, I think. <laughs> the podcast. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I, I love sharing stories with people. That's why I wanted to be a historian. And I think when you look at a lot of myths, legends, spooky stuff, weird old crime stories, whatever, um, the historians can bring a little something different to the table and their approach to it and research methods and, and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I think uh, Aaron and I both being historians, that, that works out pretty well. And I hope we have a unique take on some of these things. Yeah, well, I've really enjoyed the shows a lot so far, so I think you guys are doing a great job. Now, Aaron, um, as a, as a yeah. long-time podcaster, I, when I saw that you were launching, uh, you, you and you and you know you're you're behind a spinoff, if you will, of uh, the Saucer Life. I was like, oh Jesus, how does he how does he find the find the time or the energy? So how did so what was sort of the impetus for you to be like, okay, I'm doing Saucer Life, and now I'm going to also do Great Lakes lore? Because kudos to you, dude. I can barely do this this rinky dink Friday night show that I do. So and you you guys are churning out all you guys I swear to God. Like I was trying to catch up today and sort of check all the stuff because I, I am a subscriber to the uh to the Patreon. I call it Patreon. Like I'm fancy like that. But the the the, 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 the Patreon or whatever the however the fuck you say it. Um, <laughs> um but I'm a subscriber and, and so I was like trying to catch up. I was like, oh my God, they got so much stuff on here um, so, like, I guess I, you, before you had talked about maybe doing a doing a subscription service, but now now you've sort of expanded the Chizo Media Empire to to this. It's uh, it's it's you know you're really putting a lot into this now. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the things that uh, that really helps is that that Sam does all the really difficult work. Um, <laughs> so, um, and seriously, though, it, it is um, it is nice having somebody else to. Um, to, to sort of contribute ideas and not not have to not be in a position where I have to come up with with ideas all myself, which is um, yeah. which is the case with with the saucer life. But I, I think one of the big impetuses impeti is that's not a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for the um, for the show was that, and, and I hope nobody takes this the wrong way. But man, flying saucers get boring after a while. Um, and you, you, you know, kind of want to talk about other topics and, and, you know, other paranormal topics, other historical topics. And, um, you know, when I, when I designed the saucer life, it was very much a, you know, out of necessity, a, a flying saucer centric sort of thing. So I, I thought um, this would be a good opportunity. Sam was sort of hinting around that, golly, it'd be fun to do a podcast about, you know, weird history and, and sort of bringing a historical angle to, 
paranormal things in the region. And, and I was thinking, yeah, you know, it, it actually would be. And I've, I've got, you know, sort of the, the infrastructure in place to, um, to do this. And, and so I thought it would be a, um, a, a fun way to explore some topics that I would never really be able to talk about on the saucer life. It's, it's too hot for the saucer life, Tim. It's just too, uh, too hot and controversial for my, my little um, <laughs> saucer show. So had to, uh, had to expand, uh, expand the empire, as you say. And um, Sam had already been um, helping and doing some reading and stuff and some stuff on, uh, on the saucer life over, over the years. We've known each other for, God, I, I was, Six, seven years, something like that, and uh, so yeah. What was it? Yeah, twenty fifteen, I think. 20, so twenty fifteen, yeah. So um, yeah. everything sort of uh, fell into place. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean because uh, yeah, at the end of the show here, like I do sort of a like, okay, here's what's next week or whatever, and it's like it just I I never understood. Uh, well, we had Zelia Edgar on uh, like a couple of weeks ago. She kind of does a similar thing to the saucer light but she does like videos um mm-hmm. but it's like i never i i have so much respect for for you aaron and for her for doing it this way because it's like i just couldn't i don't know i just can't like just talk i just can't talk alone you know what i mean so it's <laughs> it, and, and i noticed too like when i did there's a certain uh a couple years ago when the pandemic hit i did a show a 10-week special series with uh tyler coach on and there is a really yeah. actually something fun about having sort of that regular, like I never experienced that. Even doing podcasting for like 15 years, I never experienced like having, I guess me and Vaney did like a comedy podcast. But anyway, but the point being that I never really experienced that sort of week to week, you have that sort of, uh, that chemistry. It's really, it's a whole different sort of animal than than as a solo podcaster, if you will. Yeah, and yeah, I was always it, it, um, drawn to, like, shows with two hosts. I, like, I like listening to conversation and banter. <laughs> and right, so right. Aaron and I would have these, like, text conversations or whatever about, about these weird stories, and it was like, well, we're, like, already kind of doing this, <laughs> so <laughs> let, let, let's just make it audible now. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, it is nice to have that uh, to have that dialogue and to, um, to to sort of see my own ideas develop as I'm in conversation with somebody, either when we're planning the episode out or when we're actually recording it. Um, you know, you know, hearing a, a different perspective and and maybe having my own thinking challenged about uh, about some of these things. It's 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 kind of nice. Um, not that I enjoy being having my thinking challenged. That's you know awkward. <laughs> nobody nobody likes that. Um, but um, it is uh, it is it is a nice sort of thing to to have that and have that that sort of develop over the last, gosh, almost six months that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You guys launched around like October, right? Uh, September, I think. End of yeah, yeah, late I think September. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then September. Yeah, so it's been about six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You didn't hear me talking to Aaron about this, Sam, because you got, came in right before the show started. But I, I, I am so impressed, too, that the just the quality – I beat myself up because this show is like radio, run by 
could be sponsored by Radio Shack in, in 2022. Um, <laughs> so, so, but I was so I was as soon as I started listening to the to you guys' show, it was like it sounded. It just sounds great. It's a it's a really good you know really well professionally um, professionally run show. What I like a lot too about um, Great Lakes Floor. What I, whose idea was this? I really like the. I'm gonna fuck up the name of it now, but like the legend, the one we guys try to trick each other about oh. what's a. I love that. Legend I think that lie. is so. Yeah. Legend or lie? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, legend. Um, legend or lie? Are you? I haven't looked recently. I was. I was. Are you still doing legend or lie, or is that kind of fallen by the wayside? Uh oh, I'm not seeing it on some of these more recent ones. <laughs> no, we're, we, we've taken a legend or lie break. Um, Oh, a lot no. of times we start recording and be like, oh, my God, in preparing for the show, I didn't think up of a fake story to trick Aaron with. So we have to pause halfway through and be like, hold on, hold on, i got to figure out what I'm going to say here. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it added, uh, it added a, a level of, of work to yes. creating the episode that was, um, that was not – that I did not anticipate when – I think I came <laughs> up with it because I – I, I, I sort of I sort of stole the idea from another podcast. I, I listened to this this podcast called 372 Pages You'll Never Get Back, and it's like a book club where they read horrible books, and they do a thing called Real or Fanfic, where one host tries to, you know, sort of quiz the others, like read the passage. Is this further along in the book we're reading, or is this fan fiction um, that one of our <laughs> listeners that one of our listeners has written? Which for them, I mean, they did the smart thing of offloading the actual labor of creating the fake thing to their <laughs> listeners. Um, so, uh, so I was like, we could do something like that. And it, it worked really well. It was just mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of effort. It was, it, it, I don't know. It might be something we should bring it back as a bonus episode. I think, for I think, the, think it for, could come back and yeah. Yeah. For the Patron or something. Yeah. I say, I say Patron. <laughs> That's how I say Patron. I like that. Well, yeah, I, that's totally true because I can I can see I can I can totally empathize with what you're saying. Yeah, because once you cool little features like that sound cool at first till you're like have to keep doing it, and then after like <laughs> the fourth, fifth, sixth time, you're like, oh fuck, like uh, uh, and and I gotta do this fucking legend or lie, and I gotta figure that thing out, and I gotta yep. yeah, because yep, that's, uh, that's, that's exactly that it. somehow. I was ahead, that somehow I'd make up a story that some was actually true um, or yes. something. So it'd be like, wait, yes. this, this, is, this doesn't actually exist, right? Because I, I, there are only so many stories in the world you can tell, so everything felt derivative of something. <laughs> I, 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 ran, I ran into that when I was like, I made up some sort of lake monster story, and I was like, this sounds like a real lake monster story. And if you Google this, it's like it probably is. Like there's some witness account of a lake monster <laughs> That sounds pretty much like this, and we're going to start getting emails about it. So I, everything I do on any show I'm on is, is basically, basically is like, how do I minimize the number of people who email me about this? That, that's like, <laughs> like my, my, my key sort of in my decision tree. It's like, will this generate emails I have to read? Um, if yes, then I'm like, do I need to do it? You know, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that's exactly what Sam said is, is exactly right. Also, I I I I felt the same thing of of am I really <laughs> making this up or did I did I hear this somewhere and I think I'm making mm-hmm. it up because yep. yeah yeah because I I'm just as osmosis 
You know, there was there was one that it was yeah, there there was one in particular where I was like, I don't think I made this up. I think this is one of those nineteen seventy two humanoids cases or something like that. <laughs> yeah, or it's like was this on an was this like the plot of an episode of A Team, like a, one of those Halloween episodes <laughs> or something? <laughs> oh man. Now one thing I was I was uh, I, this this I don't, no, this won't put you on the spot because you guys are from the Great Lakes. So, uh, I, what I noticed, I talked to Jason Offit about this a while ago. He did a show, he did a book about different every state's different sort of creatures and stuff. And it's like every every uh, every fucking body of water, for the most part, if, as it gets larger, I guess you could say, because it has its resident monster. Even like there's a there's a reservoir. <laughs> Our friend Joshua Cutchin, his, he pulls his hair yeah. out every time I mention this. The there's a, there's a reservoir in North Carolina, Lake called Lake Norman, where allegedly there's a lake monster, and it's like they built it in 1970. They know that there is no fucking <laughs> lake monster, <laughs> but but like all the whole town, it's like normie, and and they and they have normie shit, and and they love they love their normie down there at Lake Norman. So it's like, but Cutchin gets so mad because he's like he's like I was I was I was there before the lake existed. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> but so is but is there and, – and it's funny because I spent a lot of time around Lake Champlain this summer. Which we can circle back to that because I, I believe, Sam, you were on the Bigfoot. You went to the Bigfoot conference with Aaron, right? I did, yes. Okay, yeah. We'll get, we'll get back to that later. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, this all connects in a weird way. But, but anyway, so that a lot of time at Lake Champlain, you know, champ and all that. Do here's the big question now, and um, I don't know if either one of you would be best to sort of answer this, but do the Great Lakes, no pun intended, have have a lot of uh, like sea monster, lake lake monster lore? Because I don't really know. I've never heard of any particular creatures, sort of uh, you know lake monstery creatures associated with the Great Lakes, despite uh, their greatness. I mean, there are stories. Um, I think it was in the, I think the Christmas episode, I talked about the mer people of, um, Lake Superior. Um, and there are other stories that like connect to, um, like Ojibwe legends or, or something like that, mm-hmm. but we don't like capitalize <laughs> on any one Lake monster, like, like Mitchy the Lake Michigan monster or anything like that. We don't right, have any right. t-shirts floating around about that. <laughs> now, 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 Sam, have you heard of Saggy? Oh, I forgot about. I have heard of him, but I've, I still haven't seen him on a T-shirt. So is he really that? I know it's it's a it's a monster <laughs> that is supposedly in Saginaw Bay, which is yeah. part of Lake Huron. Um, but uh, it, yeah. it's probably like like a sturgeon. Um, actually, like ninety right. percent of of lake monsters in like the, the Great Lake are probably like large sturgeon. Um, right. But yeah, there aren't. There's like Everywhere. The, the big, <laughs> It's like Sam said. The, the biggest thing you see is um, is sort of retellings of uh, indigenous stories about creatures, and um, and then really, really tenuously connect, people really tenuously connecting that to um, to a modern lake monster. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's it's not great. Actually, one of the speakers at the Bigfoot conference we went to. Um, did a bit of that. So, 
Um, which is, is where it, I first heard about Mishy, some Mishy, of these. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Nope. Oh, I was isn't talking. it Mishy Pichu? Um, Mishy. The, the one, he's like the, the lake panther or something, and kind of in yeah. some drawings looks like a lake, looks kind of dragony or something, and um, it's yeah, a, Mishy, Mishy I think Pichu. it's connected to, yeah, Ojibwe yeah. legend things. Um, that's yeah. like the most common one that you see, but again, it's not like, you know, not a, like a, a dinosaur. Yeah, not like, champ, not like champ kind of thing. No, no. no. <laughs> No, yeah. nobody. No, no. Michigan's got Dogman, and that's about it. You know, um, as, as far as as far as cryptids go, as, as far as brandable cryptids, <laughs> marketable cryptids. Right. I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that was one of the. I I I I'm going to try something a little bit different here tonight, in a sense, because uh, when we had Zilia on, I made her dance and tap and sing and do this recount the stories <laughs> and everything. So we're going to try. <laughs> With two people, I can't even – I can barely manage the show as it is. So, with, so, so we're going to try something different in a sense, folks, where we're going to kind of like – we may give you like a little bit of a thumbnail, but we're not going to like super dig into these stories. We're going to assume because I know general the general gist of these stories and ideas, and we're going to just rely on you folks listening to kind of – be very, you know, vaguely informed. I mean, look at you're listening to Banal America after all this time. You know what the dog man is, so we don't really need to necessarily <laughs> <laughs> revisit the the whole history of, of of this dog man thing. But I do, I do sort of have questions. So we'll sort of jump a little bit into the dog man. So this dog man, <laughs> what I was, so, I guess I'm a little confused. I didn't get a chance to listen because you guys did an awesome two part episode on the dog man. So I, I didn't have time to dig into the whole thing, but I I know that Linda Godfrey kind of like put the dog man on the map here in the modern era is I guess without sort of getting into like too deeply, but what is this history of this? Cause you mentioned the song um, that kind of like maybe gave birth to the legend of the dog man. The song is called the legend, which I loved the whole mm-hmm. conversation you guys had about, uh, about I don't know what you call kind of novelty songs and how how the how the legend is a terrible name for a novelty song, <laughs> which it is. It really is. It's not even the legend of the dog man. It's just a legend. But it's a, right. it's a story about a dog man, and people uh, got all fired up when they heard the story because they had seen a dog man purportedly. But when when about was this, and where where is that in relation to when Linda Godfrey came along and kind of like. Gave life to the god to the uh, god man to the dog man story. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, you're you're kind of a dog you're kind of a dog man aficionado. Uh, I was <laughs> I was surprised when I listened to the episode. You said you were you're a long time fan of the dog dog man, so I figured you would know this. Fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I I think what what it boiled down to, like in our research, is that that song came out. Um, Oh, what do you, Aaron? Do you remember what year 80, it came out? Eighty-seven. Um, I want to say 80, eighty-seven. Oh yeah, I should I should remember that. That's yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so so the song comes out, and um, all of a and the song claims that like starting back in like the eighteen nineties or eighteen eighties that like lumbermen saw this dogman creature, right? And that he yeah. comes every seven years, I believe it is. Yep. seven or eight, something along those lines. Um, 
And and so it, you know, put out all these different sightings that happened. And um, then all of a sudden everybody heard it, and they're like, oh, my God, yeah, I saw something too. And, oh, my God, yeah, I saw something, or I heard this story or whatever. Um, but really there's there's no evidence. Like if you, you know, try looking back in newspapers or, or anything like that of, like, weird dog man sightings. <laughs> um, and, and so, you know, like it's sort of like the, the song created the legend instead of, shared something about a, an existent legend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and then so then how Godfrey's the hell book, did Godfrey get 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 hooked up with all this? So oh, it was, oh, Godfrey, she wrote about it in the newspaper. She wrote about it in the newspaper, right? right? That was the thing. Yeah, and she, yeah, and she okay. was from Wisconsin. So she started investigating, right. like, Wisconsin dogman sightings and the Beast of Bray Road. And and all right. that, and then um, and then she did come out with her Michigan specific book, um, which was published in 2010, um, and and so you know I think she does sort of Great Lakes dogmen <laughs> things, um, and includes all of these sightings, and there are people, oh I mean who who have seen strange things, and so like the Michigan dogman book is a rundown of all of these sightings, and she throws in other weird states that aren't Michigan also. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going like, to say the Michigan Dog Man. <laughs> yeah, the, um, the 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 book is uh, the book is like 200 pages long, and um, the Dog Man part is uh, 40. The Michigan Dog Man part is 40 pages, so wow. of, of the 200 page book. That despite it being called the Michigan Dog Man, um, yeah. and yeah, and, and and I was I was sort of just flipping through it here, and um, the, the the sightings and witnesses she talks to are all like post legend song sighting pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Uh so so the song might have triggered people's memories of things they thought they saw. And, and that's mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's fine, you know, that's that's legit and yeah. whatever. But um but but as far as this sort of like this is a long lasting thing, going back to Michigan's, you know, pioneer times or whatever. No, <laughs> no there's 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 no there's no documentation of that, uh, there, there's, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it's one of those. Oh. I don't want to say an invented tradition, but it's a a very new thing, you know, compared to to a lot of cryptid stories. Yeah, and right. um, one thing I remember seeing a, um, and, and I off the top of my head I can't remember the details, but there was an article that I had found where they were interviewing Tim Cook, who was the DJ who had written the song "The Legend." Um, he was up from the Traverse City area, or he was from the Traverse City area. And um, in this one um, interview, he mentions, like, having a mysterious um, journal from, like, a farmhouse or, or from a farmer, you know, from, like, the turn of the century or something like that. But it's like, well, uh, like, where did you find it? Like, if just, historians like to cite their sources. <laughs> and so he could say, I came across this journal at the – MSU library, you know, or just just something yeah. or, you know, I mean, there's just no, there's no proof that this, this journal existed, right? And so that was, that was, I think, one of the big red flags for, for Aaron and I, too, and him claiming to have, like, this long tradition documented or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you, it's like, yeah, it's like, dude, you wrote a novelty song, like, don't, <laughs> like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like stop, stop with the charade. <laughs> like, come on, yeah, come on, dude. It, oh it, man, it, it's probably gonna be something like, like, like later on. It's like on his deathbed, he admitted he it was all a hoax, and everybody's like, yeah, we <laughs> we, we kind of know. I mean, that was never really in question. But yeah, you know, yeah. The, the, the whole the whole journal thing is 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 so is so frustrating because it. It, 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 if you have it, you can simply show it to people. And right, right. It's just like this isn't like a government document that, you know, they, you know, I know it's there, but they won't release it or declassify it or something. It's not something somebody saw in the Army that they shouldn't have seen. You know, it, it, it's nothing that shouldn't be producible if it exists. And it, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, it, there, there's, a level of, there's a level of dumbness to it that I find personally offensive. <laughs> the song, um, the story, and all that? Too, right? <laughs> Pardon? Oh, the I song, you find it. Too, right? Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, go we both, yeah, we, 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 we're, both, we're both taken aback by Aaron's offensive. <laughs> that's, a, that's a legend. So I, I'm, yeah, my, my, my irritation is, is at, is, is the journal. people, persisting in thinking that there might be something deeper to this than a novelty song and some sightings and some unsubstantiated claims that that that's yeah it's, it's just there are so many incredible paranormal encrypted stories out there that have so much more to actually dig into um that the dog man continuing to take up oxygen is <laughs> is Frustrated. I, I, I didn't know. I felt this strong way about this until tonight. But, yeah, I didn't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did say it at the beginning that you were nonplussed about the dog man. So this is uh, <laughs> coming back, coming to the surface now. Um, <laughs> well, it is at the risk of at the risk of uh, Aaron and I getting on our soapbox here. The, uh, in the notes I sent you guys before the show, the, the little caveat with the Michigan dog band was Michigan yeah. Mothman done right, or at least at least <laughs> at least this is a, its own thing. Like the piece of Bray Road, that's kind of they're all it, the, the whole dog man thing is it's all, it's like a fresh new thing. Like it's yeah. like I can't even I can't even use the example of this because it's that's that's what I'm critiquing, but it's like. They didn't call it. They, they could have called it the Michigan Mothman. They could. They could have done it because that's that was predates this alleged Michigan Mothman. But, but that 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 sort of. I know you feel the same way, Aaron. Where it's like if, if we're, we we live in a society, we have to play by the rules. You can't just make up a Michigan Mothman. <laughs> you can't just take the fucking Mothman from the '60s and put him in 20 teens in Michigan, and and it's just not. It's just not cool. Right. It's yeah. What I like about what I do like about the dog man, and I do like things about the dog man, is is I like that it is. um, I like there's that that video that the people did. Um, Yeah. The the dog the dog man video that was out on YouTube back in uh, I don't know some some kind of time I can't remember but uh, you know you know classic found footage sort of sort of horrible cheesy fun and uh, a little bit terrifying i think it was really well done um but but you know there's there's elements of it that had some real creativity go into it and i think that's why the the whole journal thing irritates me because why not 
forge a journal and produce it and make people like go through their hassle of authenticating it. Why not do that? Don't just say you had it and not produce it. Make a fake journal. You know, just just you know, invest yourself in this in this hoax. I guess. <laughs> So I, I, I have the outline up. And so the Gable film was made in 2007, which means that I first saw it right around the time that it, like, came out. And, I mean, it, it scared the pants off of College Sam because it was like, oh, my God, this is, like, hanging out in the woods around here? That's crazy. And um, and then but, but the whole story that connects it, and, of course, Tim Cook then is, like, involved in the whole thing and Monster Quest played into the charade in a very hokey, cheesy kind of way, <laughs> but um, it, it did add, yeah, yeah, yeah. If this person could make a video, why couldn't Tim Cook make a fake old diary? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, make us work for it. If we're going to debunk something, make us work for it. You know, yeah. don't just say, don't just like have us say, where's the diary? Say, oh, I don't have it. it was like, no, that's, that's no fun. But I will say that I recently acquired a uh, VHS video camera, so I might have to do my own hoaxing of some kind. Ah, so, nice. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah, that is strange. It's funny, too, because Aaron, you and I are sort of primarily or sort of cut our teeth, let's say, on, in Flying Saucer Land, and it's like, it's just ironic that the same behaviors, like, they kind of carry over through all this stuff, where it's like, I have a diary, I can't show you the diary. But it's all it's all in the fucking diary. Trust me, trust me. It's all in the diary, but I can't show you. It's like if I told you that from if I just told you that part, you just you'd swear it was like some deathbed UFO confession type thing. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But I think yeah. the general it, it, public, like they hear something like that, who who like aren't necessarily like into this kind of stuff or historians or whatever, and they're like, oh, so he has proof, and like they're not gonna ask about it. And so I think that's where, you know, it takes somebody being like, wait, no, no, if if he had, like, there are ways that he would have documented this or he could tell us where it is or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, that's, I I think, a big part. That's why I like doing the show, too, because because we can do those things and, and poke those holes in the stories that, you know, the average person might not because saying, I have a historical document is kind of like, just building the credibility for your story, right? So, right, yeah, yeah. Because how many um, times when we hear about historical documents, like not about cryptids or flying saucers, how many times do we say, "Well, I need to see this historical document before <laughs> I, you know, fully accept this story"? If somebody were to come up with a new story saying, you know, a new diary or letters say that you know Thomas Jefferson actually. <laughs> you know, had this opinion about something, you know, 18th century-ish, you know, we're probably going to say, oh, wow, that was on the news. Uh, it looks like there's, they found some yeah. letters that tell us something new about Thomas Jefferson. You know, very few people are going to say, I refuse to believe that until I examine the letters personally. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. you know, I, I, we, we sort of, like, get head up because, you know, there's, like, this history of, of hoaxing and, and whatever with these topics, but... For the the general public, like you said, who isn't into this stuff, you know, hey, document a historical document must be legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cover a lot of this kind of stuff with Coast to Coast, and yeah, I can absolutely say for sure, like, if, if, yeah, if something like that happens, all you need is like one picture of a yellowy piece of paper with some 
old-timey, <laughs> old Englishy writing on it, and it's like, okay, I saw the I saw the picture of the fucking letters. They have the letters, so whatever they're saying is in the letters. I saw the picture of the letter, so that's it. It's case, yep. case, mm-hmm. clo- case closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like dunking their their like copy paper in some tea and you know yellowing it up for a while, shoving it in the oven to bake in that color, and it's like, oh wow, look, this is a hundred years old, guys. <laughs> or or just, just um, writing something on an old typewriter. You write something on an old typewriter, instant credibility. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that's because we don't have we don't have old Stan Friedman around anymore to. <laughs> Dig up a right. 1983 typewriter that was used in the secretary pool of the fucking of the of the Pentagon. <laughs> right, and, nobody and does that work anymore. The font. Right, the Selectric <laughs> Two did not have a semicolon that looked like that. You know, we, we don't have people who, who have that that depth of knowledge anymore. Oh man, God, God bless you, Stan. We miss you. <laughs> we miss you, Stan. Um. Now, in the notes, this is an interesting uh, – and, again, I throw back sort of to the Zelia Egger episode because you guys are a lot similar – is very similar vein here sort of of these classic stories. And uh, we can get into the Mad Gasser of Mattoon in a moment, but, but – and I had this in the notes for you guys. I especially am interested in your take on this as historians. Um, I'd love to explore this with you because what I was saying to Zelia is her book has all these stories – um, you know, your sort of classic Killian stories, Madagascar is not in there, but they're, they're stories of like encounters with beings, essentially. Your famous, your iconic classic stories, uh, they're all sort of like the Madagascar, but you know, all the, the fantastic names and that kind of stuff. And it all kind of builds up to about 1978, and then it kind of like just dies off. And And I was talking to her about it, and it was like, I don't, it's just kind of weird and interesting to think about that, it's like the stuff, there's just definitely sort of some kind of like inflection point where it's hard to really see these monstery, folklore kind of stories sometime like around when the 80s start, you know. And certainly sort of as time as we get closer to the, the present time, it's, it's like, I don't know, I, I, it's hard to put my finger on exactly what I'm trying to say, but it's like these, these iconic, localized crazy, super weird cases. Um, I don't know. It seems like they just kind of drop off at some point, uh, sort of at the end of the crazy 70s, if you will, I think. Um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll throw to Aaron here first. So uh, I'm trying to do my best wrangling, wrangling being a host. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, and, 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 and you're both historians, so I figure you, this, this sort of thing is right in your wheelhouse. I mean, what do you make of that, Aaron? What do you, what do you think... Why is that? Uh, that? That's that. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, because because things do change paranormally in in the eighties a bit, and just sort of socio culturally, I kind of wonder if if we. I don't. I don't even know how to, how to finish that sentence. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but I I do think I I do think some. Something changes. Um, uh, UFOs get, you know, hyper focused on sort of body horror abduction stuff, and you've got fewer weird little elf-like creatures hopping around outside flying saucers, right? Um, you've got the same 
with like cryptid stuff, you've got, and I'm not a cryptid expert, but it seems like you've got a lot of the same sorts of stories, just sort of like more of the stuff that was pioneering in the 70s. You've got sort of retreads of that in um, in the 80s, but you don't really have anything new. And um, I actually I do have I do have kind of a theory and. This is a very cynical theory, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, uh, but I kind of wonder if after the '70s, when you've got John Keel and you've got Brad Steiger and you've got all of these, it's, well, especially those two, cranking out, especially Steiger, cranking out book after book of story after story after story after story, that people who are writing books about the paranormal realize that all they really have to do is restate all of the stories that were told in the 60s and 70s um, Ah. in order to fill a book instead of having to get out there and talk to people and find new stories. Um, I don't know, because there's just such a prolific amount of paranormal writing in the 60s and 70s that laid such a basis for the books that were to come. Um, I don't know. I, I... it's it's a good question because it does feel like something like something changed. You had like little developments, but everything sort of built on those earlier '60s and '70s stories. It seemed you don't. I mean, you don't yeah, have another weird. massive Bigfoot film like the one that came out in the '60s and '70s. You don't have a, another, you know, sort of big sort of turning point like that. I, I don't know. Sam, do you Well, I'll give you an, like I'll give you kind of an example oh. and then we'll th- we'll throw it over to to Sam, but I'll give you kind of an example sort of just off the top of my head from the I guess this this sort of was like the, tech, the textbook sort of like scenario of a lot of these stories in a sense. It was like something somebody saw something, right? It, it kind of does follow the Mad Gasser Mattoon uh template too, where it's like something this is the initial event, then there's like this frenzy and everybody in this small community is, is like, worked up about the Mad Gassers, you know, the Beast of, of, of Burlington or, or, you know, the Sockless Muppet or whatever it is. It's like they all, they all, they all have these, these crazy names. And, and uh, you know, there's, like, a, kind of this, like, big frenzy, and then it just dies out. But it's, like, in these little towns and stuff. You just don't see that. You just don't really – you certainly don't see it, like, now really as much at all. Um, it's really kind of strange. I don't know if it's just from a bygone era where, like, small towns in the middle of nowhere got all, you know, somebody sees a Bigfoot, and that's, like, the biggest thing happening <laughs> for for months. Um, but, I mean, what do you what do you think, uh, Sam, about just sort of how times have changed? So I have, I have two sort of wonderings on how it fits into this, but obviously, like, the way that communication has changed and become so much faster, right? Like, if you look at, well, I mean, Mad Gasser Mattoon is, you know, decades, decades (laughs) earlier. Um, But, I mean, there you've got, you know, person has to run to other person's house. So it's more frenzied than, like, texting, whoa, dude, I just saw a weird light outside, you know, or something like that, right? Like, um, it's going to, you know, I guess hit differently. But also I wonder with, like, things like 24-hour news cycles and sort of a a, a numbing to weird things. Like, 
we see so much crazy shit, like, in the news and <laughs> hear the stories and see things online. Like, is there just kind of a almost a desensitization that, like, because things are still happening. Like, people are still seeing weird things, but just, like, the, the deal isn't, the big deal isn't made out of them. And it doesn't become, like, you know, the the beast of, of whatever town, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. This is not necessarily my wheelhouse of, of knowledge and expertise. Right, right. But as 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 the millennial of the group, <laughs> um, those are things <laughs> that I can see about, like, my generation perhaps that, you know, like, would just interact with these things differently or, or treat them differently or, you know, how, how, like I said, how we just communicate differently as opposed to somebody in the 70s or the 50s or the 20s or, or whatever. Right. Well, it's interesting because you guys, uh, as historians, you mentioned on the show a lot, you, you rely on these primary sources, and it's like what even, to sort of fast forward to like 2022 in a way, it's like what even – what even can constitute a primary source just like in the last like 10 or 15 years with the internet? It's just so hard to, to really, I don't know. It's just so much bullshit now that you just can't. And it's so ephemeral. (laughs) There could be something, there could be some crazy story. You could go, go look it up and it's gone. It's all, you know, somebody took their blog down or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a very, Mm -hmm. uh, it's a very, I don't know, transient time for information almost, even though there's so much information out there. Yeah, and there are public historians and, like, archive people who, like, their specialty is digital archives and, like, how do we archive items that are born digital and and whatever. And I'm glad that's not my thing I have to try and figure out. <laughs> um, but someday I'm probably going to have to figure out how to, how to research that. Um, but, I mean, everything from, like, how, you know, using hashtags and, and metadata and, you know, doing all those kinds of searches and, and how are these things being stored for researchers in a hundred years, yet they're 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 big conversations in, in sort of that world. Well it's interesting you mentioned yeah. too that people would have to go talk to their neighbor or whatever. I yeah, I do think the if you get back to sort of that hyper localized aspect of it, the yeah. people uh you had local newspapers. That's that's mm-hmm. kind of uh, yeah. that, that seemed to be a source of a yeah. lot of the information for what you guys research and it's like where are the local newspapers now, and, and chances are they don't have – it's just not the same. They're not going to send somebody out to cover to cover this creature that somebody saw. Right. Yeah, un- unless, it's, unless it's Halloween. You know, it, like the, the, the second half of <laughs> right. October, you'll have a spate of stories like that. But, um, yeah, local newspapers, I mean, even the ones that still exist are all owned by, you know, mm-hmm. Gannett – so, or you know, one of the other uh, major major companies. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's a problem, and and to sort of go along with what Sam said about about primary sources in a, a digital age, you know, this sort of thing of um, not just like stuff on websites, but uh, but but social media, and and the mm-hmm. fact that you know there is no there's no mandate for for social media providers to, you know, provide an archive and people can delete things and, you yeah. know, edit things. And and so what version of that Facebook post is the one that is the definitive Facebook mm-hmm. post? Um, right. Which is one of the reasons right. why I am, firm, I am firmly opposed to Twitter 
um, adding an edit function. Um, because <laughs> it's like, it, at least, you know, if it's there, we know it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't changed. Um, <laughs> we can at least have That's that true. little bit of certainty. Yeah. That's true. Especially when, when, especially when, when world leaders are using it to make policy statements, right? So um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's dif- it's difficult, and I I did have um, when I was in grad school one summer I worked I, d- I did an internship in the university archives and my job was to archive um, archive uh, websites uh, for the school mm-hmm. of philanthropy at IU um, all fa- every kind of foundation website around they wanted iterative archives of these websites and and now I would just be like, well, there's the Internet Archive Wayback Machine. Just use that. Well, that didn't exist yet. So I had to figure out how to do this with no money. So that was, um, that was fun. So it's, it's been an issue for 20 years that archivists have been worried about how to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems – I feel like I'm soapboxing here, so I'll try to move. move. <laughs> but, yeah, it does seem <laughs> like the uh, – Part of the problem is to sort of circle it into the paranormal too. Is like all it the, you were mentioning, like Keel and Steyer and stuff. It was like it, it, there were a whole bunch of sort of other folks that didn't quite get it as much, uh, you know, who are known to the people in the paranormal maybe, but not not widely known. Uh, but the point being that something would happen, somebody would see something or hear something. Lauren Coleman, when he was young, got mixed up with a lot of these things, where you know somebody in in, in Mattoon would experience something, and they would go. They would go out to Mat- Mattoon and, and investigate yep. this stuff. And it's like now there are websites, there are paranormal websites purportedly, you know, people just send the webmaster emails where it's like, here's, here's, my, inc- here's my encounter with the, with, the, with the Michigan Mothman. And it's like that's all... <laughs> that's all that's all it is. It's just someone says it. Um you know, and that's it. That's the story. I don't really think uh th- th- there are people who who investigate Michigan Mothman. That's probably not the best example, but you know what I'm saying? There's there's a litany. Every day there's like three or four stories of someone's personal account of something strange and it's like mm-hmm. it never goes any further than that. Is the point I guess I'm trying to make. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then you're you're just getting like like as somebody who's like, you know, done oral histories or, you know, or just interviewing anybody for anything, when somebody just is regurgitating their own story, whether it's, you know, an email or placed on a message board or or whatever it is, um, it's it's just their exact version with, like, no follow-up, you know, or anything like that. Like, you can't ask the pertinent questions then because it's just some anonymous person posting, or maybe not anonymous, but just some person posting their story from their own perspective without like that in, that investigative element behind it or the art of asking the right question or you know anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a I, very I, I, yeah. Uh, different world. Better. Yeah, our um our our friend mine and Tim's mutual friend Paul Kimball would uh, who had a background in in history as well would always say that the the best you know, the best training for anybody investigating the paranormal would be to take courses in oral history methodology and mm-hmm. learn how yeah. to interview somebody in a way that doesn't leave them with, you know, badly mm-hmm. worded questions. Tell me about the flying saucer you saw, you know, that, that kind of <laughs> um, sort of sort of leading question. So um, there, there's, there's an, not only are there, 
are there, you know, fewer people doing actual investigation, you know, going out and, and talking to witnesses and, and taking statements and then using those materials to, to craft a narrative. Um, there's fewer people doing that. And I think a lot of the people who might be doing it, you know, they're, they're, and this sounds awful to say, their training might be watching paranormal TV shows, you know, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. instead of, you know, being a journalist or an oral historian or a former cop or somebody whose job mm-hmm. involves questioning people about, um, about evidence. So, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I, I think that's a good, good point, Tim. We don't, we don't have, um, like, uh, who, who's who's the you know thirty year old modern day Lauren Coleman who's traipsing around the the country, you know, asking people about weird monsters they saw. I don't think there is. One. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a the, yeah, it's a whole. It's a that's the thing, and, and it's a whole sort of like mess in a way because it's like, well, who do you then who do you even go to to ask? Because every day there's like three or four different. <laughs> stories of, of people who claim to have, you know, so it's like a complete mm-hmm. crapshoot, too. They weren't as, they, right. they, they seemed like they were a little more few and far between back in the day, where it was like, I think Lauren would hear a story about something happening in Mattoon, and he'd be like, oh, you know, let me find out more about this. It wasn't just like, oh, here's five things that happened that emails I got sent. It's like, oh, okay, well, which right. one are you going to go... <laughs> are you going to drive to to Michigan or are you going to drive to Oklahoma? Like, you know, and good luck when you <laughs> right. get there. Right. Yeah. It was uh it was easier back in the day. I don't know. It's yeah, it's I think we'll look back and be like this was a very distinct sort of era of of sort of I don't know. Creaturey I I guess I guess, again, I guess local legends might be the best way to put it. These sort of local yeah, local uh legends. Um mm-hmm. So, oh, you know, you guys did the Circleville letters recently, which I find yeah. pretty interesting. I I talked earlier. I I said earlier I would not make you uh, regurgitate this story <laughs> because I <laughs> it's a long and winding and complex and uh, and we we had Marie. We I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even torture Marie on it, and she was on the four uh, Marie Mayhew when she was on last week, and she was on the four eight hours episode. I was like in my notes, I'm like mm-hmm. don't even go to Circleville. This is too. But I guess so. What, <laughs> is there is there anything that like well, I guess this is uh, I hate doing these like what's your favorite? But was there any one part of the Circleville story that stood out to you? And again, we're relying on the listeners tonight. Go Google the Circle of the Letters. Dig into it all you want. You, just, uh, you know, it's it's an intensely complex. I'll give you a super thumbnail. Uh, mystery letters being sent to people around town, and then there's murder, and 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 uh, no one knows who who mailed the letters. That's the super super uh, brief version. So I'll ask you each I mean, if you had any. To it. That really that really is all there is. <laughs> that really is all there is to it. But. Um, all right, we'll we'll, uh, we'll throw to Sam first here on this one. So, is there any part of the Circleville Letters saga that stood out to you that was like, okay, this is my favorite detail about this crazy, crazy case? You know, I think um, it was something that you didn't really find in like the the Forty Eight Hours episode, or I mean, or Unsolved Mysteries, or, or anything like that. But um, Marie covered it in her podcast series. But 
I really liked digging into Paul Freshour's history um, and, and his personality. Because, you know, if everybody's either saying, oh, he definitely did it or, oh, he definitely didn't do it, it's like, well, who even is this person? <laughs> and, like, I guess, you know, I those are the questions that I would naturally ask. Like, well, other than he seemed like a nice uncle or whatever, like, why do you think he didn't do it? Or why do these people, like, what could it be about his personality that might have caused him to do this? And so we yeah. thought, we spoke a little bit on the episode about the um, the prison, prison riot that he was involved in and some of the, you know, weird things that he said about it afterwards. And so I think that that um, – I think that was a really compelling piece to the story, not saying that obviously he's responsible for everything, <laughs> but when you look at it, it's like, yeah, there's something, there is something about that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For folks, again, I, we're relying on listeners to to, yeah. to show their work <laughs> right. on this one, but the Paul Freshour, for those who, who are grumbling now, he's like the main suspect in the in the Circleville letters. He's... Uh, I'd say he's the a number one suspect, never quite proven. A uh, lot of aspect, a lot of a lot of weird shit that seems to suggest he didn't do it. You know, if it wasn't a convoluted mess, folks, it, it wouldn't be a fantastic. Uh, I don't right. know what you call it, pa- pa- para true crime mystery or something. It's uh, it's right. It's, it crosses all these different weird uh, genres. I think uh, that's why people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Aaron? What what about the Circleville letters stood out to you that was like? Uh, you know, th- this this I like. Well, for for me, and, and this this is what made the episode so so difficult to to sort of work on is, um, again, Paul Freshour. I, I sort of happened upon on the internet hundreds of pages of PDFs of his arguments about why he was not guilty and who might oh, be behind things, and it was. It, I just fell down this rabbit hole of him <laughs> yeah. telling these stories, and I couldn't get out. And I'm summarizing this stuff in our shared Google Doc notes, and, and, and poor Sam is, is like, what is he – what in the hell is he doing? What is all oh, this? God. This is just about letters and a booby trap. <laughs> and, and, and now he's talking about how the – how the, the the prosecutor murdered a pregnant teacher and put her body in a field and it, it just it just spiraled into this out of control thing that I then had to like try to rein in um, when we when it got time to record so we could like sort of make it manageable. But I, I sort of just fell down this this rabbit hole of reading these hundreds of pages of this guy's basically grievances against everybody who'd ever wronged him. <laughs> You know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, so I'm, I'm like referring to these local officials by like their first name, like I know them. And Sam's like, who, who, who was that now? <laughs> Why are you talking about I him? tried to remind him that he had an actual job, you know, that pays him, that he probably needed to work on instead of reading these documents. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll get those exams graded later. I got to, I got to figure out who murdered this teacher back in 1978. That, that, that's... <laughs> I can totally identify with that. Yeah, yeah. You stumble upon some massive <laughs> document written by the alleged crazy person at the center of it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to read this. I'm going to put on the coffee because yep. I just found the mother load here of crazy. So let's <laughs> let's let's take let's dig into this. Um, the truth is in here. I know it is. My and it wasn't. I think <laughs> it was not. Uh, it wasn't, no. no. 
<laughs> no, I thought. Now, have you guys seen the forty-eight hours episode about the thing? Yeah. 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 Okay. I thought it was good. I I I love Marie. I I consider her a friend. I thought she was great on it. It was just I thought you just can't do that story justice in forty minutes. Like you just no. can't. It was just so. I know the story, and I was watching it, and I was getting confused. I was like, wait a minute, when who <laughs> when did that? When did that happen, and how did that? And oh, now here we're going to a thing for Tide Pods, you know. And then they come back, and they, you know, they waste a couple minutes telling the story again. And then it's like, here's a little bit more information. Then then you, so it's like, oh no, this is this is madness. Um, but what I my particular favorite aspect of the story, because uh, I have a very superficial view, I haven't really dug deeply as you guys into it, is just that. They, someone like threatened the unsolved mysteries people, like that part yeah. of the story just just <laughs> oh just gives me the creeps for some reason. That part just just creeps me out because it was like way after the thing, so it was like it was it was like all of a sudden someone's like, don't even fucking go there, don't even. It was like oh shit, the letter, the letters are back, man. Yeah, that yeah, was that, um, that's. I, Go ahead, that was that was wild, and and I I agree about about the forty eight hours thing. I think it did a good job of, of sort of of sort of summarizing it. Um, but but one of the things that I ran into, and I, I think this is one of the things where where Sam is a very sort of valuable partner in the sense of keeping me focused on what listeners might care about. Um, <laughs> you know, because the forty eight hours thing, I was like, well, why didn't they talk about the motion? To move the trial to, to change venue. Why didn't Why didn't they talk about why this number of letters was you know admitted into evidence, and but these other letters weren't? And she's like, yeah, that, no, nobody cares. You know that that's that's too too granular. You know, so um, yeah, I, I got deeply into this. I was I was focused on like punctuation and stuff. It's like that comma's wrong. That comma changes the meaning of the phrase in, in what Paul Freshour wrote here in this, this PDF back in 1987 or whatever. So um, yeah, I, I think I think one of the one of the dangers of doing shows like this is you, you is is doing a vast amount of research into the topic and then realizing that to make it a digestible episode, you, you're not going to be able to talk about everything that you found. I, I don't Sam yeah. might feel differently, but that, that's that's one of the things that that I've learned over the last six months is, is that you know knowing what to leave out. Is and and she's she's taught me about that because on my own show I can do whatever I want. But, um, <laughs> but working with her, I, I sort of like you know she has that sort of very public facing sort of approach, which is valuable. Yeah, yeah. I well working at a museum, you know, like and and so I always sort of equate it to that. But when I create a program or a tour or whatever, I have to think like, what is the lesson I want people to get? their attention span is this, they're spending their free time with me, like they're not forced to sit here in class or whatever. <laughs> and so, and so, you know, like what is, how can I do this in the most concise, interesting, entertaining, and memorable way? And so I think I probably irritate Aaron a little bit <laughs> with <No>. that, but... <laughs> Probably part of the fun, because I was saying Aaron earlier, you're kind of commiserating in a way where it's having a co-host is a, is a whole is a fun new kind of experience. At least it was for me. I'm sure he's feeling the same way. 
yeah, it, it's and I, I don't I don't get irritated. I got irritated with myself a little bit. It's like, yeah, gosh, yeah, that <laughs> now that I think about it, this is um, this is a, a, a little too much. But um, no, it's it's valuable because because you you mentioned students. You know, I I've, I have a captive audience. I can I can stand there in the classroom <laughs> and, and and do whatever whatever I want. If if they leave, I'll just give a quiz or something, and the whoever left loses the points, and I get my little vengeance that way, right? Um, but I, I don't I don't have that sort of coercive power over uh, podcast listeners yet i'm working on it <laughs> but um need some sort of like switch where i can shock them or something but um but yeah yeah she uh she makes incredibly good points about that sort of thing um just from her background we gotta spread this stuff around let's put it on the internet you're listening to banal of america audio great heavens what kind of radio show is this yeah circleville letters it's an interesting case I don't know if you can really ever prove it necessarily, but uh, I guess that's why it keeps kind of lingering around this kind of story that um, they, they'll always keep. You see this with all these sort of mysteries; they always keep trying. They claim to have some definitive new way of doing something, and then they claim it's solved. But you never can really. They never actually. Nothing's ever really solved. It seems. No, no, no. I was waiting for Aaron to no. jump in there, but no. I'll, I'll Sorry. Sorry. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just stop talking and don't even throw a question out. So it's, <laughs> 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 it's perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, let's talk about the field trips because uh, now you guys, oh, I was going to mention this, circle back to this, the, the Bigfoot Conference. Is this yeah. kind of yeah. when – the, the is this when the impetus of the show came about? We, Sam, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we've been talking about it at that point. Um, I, I think we were sort of throwing around ideas about what we could do, and then we did the Saucer Life episode where we went to the Bigfoot conference, which was we, we were already talking about Great Lakes lore sort of conceptually at that point. I'm Pretty sure. Oh, uh, I don't remember that. I remember thinking, like, oh, this is cool. And, like, when we did our, like, the, the conversation or whatever while we were there, I was like, this seems to, like, work well, you know, or whatever. Oh, you're, so, you're right. You're so right. You're right. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I think yeah. it. In retrospect, it probably was the start. <laughs> yeah, actually, there you go. now that I think about it, yeah. Yeah, everybody's right with me, yeah. <laughs> it was the all-in. It was the all-in of uh, yeah. of Yeah, of, it was like the all-in the... pay-per-view for, for AEW, yes. so some pro wrestling yeah. there. So, um, right, right. It was the proof of content. Yeah, but yeah, tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, well, first, uh, I'll get to you in a moment, Aaron. I, I'm interested in Sam because Aaron, you and I, we, we not only are we well worn on the conference circuit, um, but you and I have been in conferences at the same. We've been yeah. at, at the same conferences, <laughs> so yeah. so we have we 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 know the conferences. Um, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in what Sam thought. Uh, as a, I presume, a first timer at one of these, and, and it was. It was exotic for Aaron, I suppose, too, because it was Bigfoot and not really the UFO right. stuff we're usually right. mixed up in. Uh, um, but, but Sam, what did you what, what did you think of your foray into the uh, world of of uh, you know paranormal conferencing? 
Uh, very different from the world of history and museum conferencing. <laughs> um, much, much more, more chill, <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. There were impressive things about it. There were less than impressive things about it. Um, and uh, She's trying to be very nice yeah, and I mean, get I, you guys go back this summer. I, <laughs> right. Very nice. Very nice. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed sort of being, like, around – surrounded by, like, the topic or whatever, instead of being, like, the weird kid in the room who's like, oh, hey, tell me that Bigfoot story again, <laughs> right? Like, hey, guys, you know, I told my work people, I was like, oh, I'm going to a Bigfoot conference this weekend. They're like, you're going to what? <laughs> um, and, and so that was, that was, that was, it was fun. I would, yeah, I would do it again. <laughs> now, here's a, you've both been to, uh, uh, so, like, I, like, like, say, was say more, uh, more academic conferences. It, I, I'm going to assume that the merch is way better at these par- paranormal events uh, than I, these academic know, conferences, because that's what I kind of like. Is you're, you're not, it's not just lectures and stuff. You're, you're surrounded by uh, little Bigfoot dolls, or <laughs> yep. you know, yep. uh, you, know you, you can buy a cast of a Bigfoot print or something. It's like you, you know, I don't think yeah. you see that at, at a history conference necessarily. No, no, they're showing off their, uh, like, you know, acid-free boxes at, at museum conferences. Like, wow, this is thrilling cardboard. Um, but, <laughs> you know, Aaron, I think, hyped the merch, and then I was very, I was I was disappointed with the quality of the merch at the uh, Bigfoot conference. <laughs> oh, no. It, it was, it was there, there were not many vendors there, um, and it was the first year for it, so, so that, oh, yeah, okay. that yeah, might yeah, be why. Yeah. But um, but 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 I, I think I think what Sam is downplaying is how big her smile was when she took a picture with Cliff from Bigfoot Hunter wow, at true. his that at his true. table. She was <laughs> that that was that was worth the whole trip for. Um, and we bought stickers from Cliff, so um, that was cool. Uh, my, my favorite um, my favorite uh, merch stand was um, <laughs> was. <laughs> Was the 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 people selling um, Bigfoot field casting kits, and um, I like walked by and 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 we walked by and it was very clear that they were just basically selling you a box of plaster of Paris with like a four hundred percent markup. <laughs> um, which, you know, God, you know, you know, God bless them. That's you know, good for them if they can if they can get away with that. That's that's, that's outstanding, and I'm just. <laughs> I'm just jealous I didn't think of it first, right? Um, but the best thing about this was the there was a cardboard cutout of of a person dressed in like a camouflage bodysuit or something, you know, showing off a big footprint. And we walked by, and I made some sort of deeply inappropriate comment about the cardboard stand up. Lots Go of ahead. Detail, nothing left to the imagination. <laughs> nothing no, left nothing to the imagination left. Ah, in this cardboard right. cutout. <laughs> of, of this, I said that Band in a much less two. appropriate way. Um, but, <laughs> right. um, but, you know, then subsequently we looked back and we realized that when I made my comment, the model, the person depicted in the cardboard cutout was the one sitting there selling the plaster of Paris 
mold. <laughs> so I didn't really feel like I should walk down that entire side of the merch hall for the rest of the day. <laughs> I, was, I was a bit uh, – a bit, a bit sheepish after that, but um, well, and it also I, I didn't thought, it appear to be a family too. That was like a family, a, and like so there were kids there, and like I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Like, can you imagine your mom being the one with like the terrible camel toe and the cardboard cutout? Like, yeah, that's exactly. Actually, actually, that's 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 what I said. Yeah, could, could you imagine being <laughs> being a kid sitting there as some some guy walks by commenting about their mom's camel toe and the cardboard cutout? Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> drive home that humiliation, but um, yeah, it, that was that was weird. Um, who was your favorite speaker at the thing, Sam? Um, and was it Andrew Davies Davis? Oh, um, Davis. Yeah, no, I forget his name. Yeah, yeah, yep, he was, that, that was, he was very funny, very entertaining. Um, like, cl- like clearly a seasoned presenter. Uh, with with you know all of the charisma that goes, and he had an accent, right. which is always helpful. Um, but yeah, he was he was a lot of fun. Yeah, he, he was fun too, uh, Andrew Davis. Yeah, wasn't didn't you have him have him on your show at some point, Tim? I think Andrew on your show. Andrew Davis. It's not Adam yeah. Davies. It's Andrew Davis. Oh, maybe Andrew. that's what oh, I can't I remember. Know. I haven't had an Andrew Davis on. I've had an Adam Davies, well, then, and he does have an accent, so it may have that's been him. Probably See, him. I, yes, yeah. Yes, that's why I said Davies first. Yes, but, but I, I think, think okay, yeah. I'm, I'm being persnickety about pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, it's well, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. I'll it, figure it out. I'll look it up later. The, the that, event. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Interesting. Yeah, he, he was whoever whoever he was. He was my my favorite too. Um, Mm-hmm. Cliff was was good. Cliff from Bigfoot Hunters was good, but uh, he's no Bobo. But uh, <laughs> he was he was pretty good. Yeah, I do like how they get very hyper specific on some of the. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking more of the Flat Earth Conference, but they're all like this, where it's like, okay, you're going to a conference for this this strange thing, and. But then when you get then you get into the nitty gritty of it, and you're like, here's a there's going to be an hour and a half presentation on red haired Bigfoot versus brown haired Bigfoot, so that'll be interesting <laughs> later today. And it's like, what the fuck? These people really they really dig into this. <laughs> that, that was yeah. always kind of my takeaway. Um, mm-hmm. Very yeah. You, you almost want to laugh at it at first, but then you're like, this guy put a lot of work into this red hair versus brown hair Bigfoot <laughs> thing, and I need to. I need to straighten out and fly right this on is, this. This is his life, you know. This is, this is all he's got. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was, it was a lot of that was was, was very was, was very specific. Um, the way the scheduling was, I, I don't know, if, Sam, if you felt this way, but it, it just felt like you know there were these sort of two tracks of speakers sort of going on at the same time. So mm-hmm. you have this big list of speakers, but you could really only see half of them because they're right, all yeah. sort of going going at the same time, which is um, which is kind of frustrating and, and, and led to some some hard choices. And in one case, we made the utterly wrong choice. Uh, but, <laughs> yes, we did. Um, yes, we never did. go Although to the woo was, room. <laughs> never go to the yes. They, they had one room. They designated the woo room for like, sort of the weirder. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And I was sort of thinking. 
oh, well, this is, this is where you get your interdimensional Bigfoot and, and stuff like right, that. Right, yeah. No, I think this, is, this, I think this is just where they put the people who weren't very good. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, we won't, we won't, well, we saw two presentations in the Woo Room. One of them was okay, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, one yeah of, I forgot about that one, yeah. One of them were not, we, we saw the she-squatchers. Who yeah. were who were fine. Um, I, I don't hate it, but um, I, I know there okay more. Like a lot of the presentations were that. Like it was, it was no. okay. It was fine. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. just like there's some people telling us about their Sasquatch hunting experiences. That was mm-hmm. great. Um, then, uh, then, then the other one in the woo room was uh, w- w- was not was not ideal. We we talk about it on, on the Saucer Life episode where we, we went to this thing and uh it All was right. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. it, it it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well I like I I like the idea of the woo room. When you first said that, I I had the same thought as you. I was like, that's a very <laughs> that's a very like uh self aware <laughs> move yeah. on the part of the conference promoters. It was like, oh, that would I, if I did an event, I would I would do a woo room now with like uh, we would be we'd put the people with the really wild shit. Um, yeah. But apparently it was they were just yeah. yeah they were they were just like, no, you're in the woo room. Just just yeah, you're down there, <laughs> Bill. Yeah. Yeah. You're yep. Yep. Um. So now you. You've been to a bunch of other places, so I like this. You, you, it's a very what I like about the show in a lot of ways is it's a really it's this is going to sound cheesy. I apologize, but it's it's more. <laughs> this is a really I mean, this is really coming for me. I'm not blowing smoke your It's more than a podcast. It's an experience because you guys do. <laughs> You, I know for real. That really is. I'm not even. <laughs> that's the new tagline. That, 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 that's yeah. That's, we're, we're gonna put that on the website, Sam. More than a podcast, <laughs> it's an experience. Lore. More than <laughs> That's my review of uh, Great Lakes Lore. Um, because <laughs> it, you guys are not just doing the podcast. You're you're going on these field trips. You're the videoing some of the stuff, um, and you're doing the listener. You do a lot of interactive. Uh, listener feedback and and you know back and forth with listeners reading emails and stuff like that. Um, so let's we'll talk a little bit more here about the. Uh, I, I want to know about. Well, you've gone to a few different places with ghosts. What's the best? What's the best of the ghostly places you think you've been to? Sam. Is it Byron uh, Cemetery or is it the island? I think. Oh, we well, we did not go to Mackinac Island. Oh, oh I thought you went um, to the island, see? No, I am mistaken. I, 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 yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, do we have another ghost thing? I don't know. The, the six months. No, then I'm wrong. So, okay, so you uh, went to the, so you, so you went to the haunted yeah, we went island. To the Byron Cemetery. Oh, yeah, we cemetery, went to Byron Cemetery. cemetery. Yes. Yep, yep. Um, and Aaron, I left the picking of the, um, the, field trip location up to him and we don't really drive far so we're looking for places within like a couple of hours of where we are um to just kind of do do a fun outing and so we went to the cemetery that had the the ghost story attached to it and um 
Yeah, just kind of looked around. I mean, it's not like it was a ghost hunt, although I feel like maybe this fall I'm going to force Aaron to go someplace where we actually, like, <laughs> ghost hunt something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of exploring, like, you know, very a generic, like, there is old lady by the ghost of old lady Byron. Right, right. The cemetery. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, who the heck is she? <laughs> like, you know, and um, and and yeah. So we checked out the cemetery and found some other interesting things about it. Because I think one of the things that we always like to point out is that like, the hi- the real history is often more interesting, in our opinions, than like some weird trumped up ghost story, you know, or something like right, that. Right, right. So um, there are a few different fun memorials, um, you know, that we pointed out. Um, was it a, a woman who served as a nurse in the Spanish-American War, Aaron? Is that what it was yeah. that was there? Yeah, um, yeah, really yeah, so I mean, some war. cool history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so some cool history connections there. And, um, and I mean, also just kind of highlighting the fun that you can have with friends while doing cheesy paranormal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, when you were in the cemetery, Aaron, did you feel a presence of a ghost or anything? <laughs> uh, there, there was somebody walking like four huge dogs. Um, that was pretty wild. Really? Um, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, one of those dogs. I'm pretty sure I could have ridden it like a horse. I mean, it was. And, I, and I'm, a, I'm not a small guy. This is a big dog. Um, so I, I did not feel a presence. Um, but I will say that every ghost hunt I've been on, um, ghosts never show up, and the people running the ghost hunt are like, we always get something here. So I, I'm, I'm like ghost repellent. <laughs> I think so. Um, so yeah, you might not want to take me on any actual ghost hunts if you want anything to show up. Um, yeah, the, the the Byron Cemetery was was, was fun, and uh, it, it's it's one of those things where where Byron is is you know maybe four and a half people live there. It, it, it's it's a really really <laughs> small small town, um, and uh, so so it, it's one of those things where. You're, you're having fun, and, and I think cemeteries are, are, are wonderful to walk around in, but you're also, at least I am in the back of my head, thinking um, the, the, the one sort of Barney Fife cop in this town is going to start asking questions, you know, about these people <laughs> who, who clearly don't live here, you know, walking around filming things filming. in the cemetery. So, filming, filming in the yeah, cemetery, it, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like... like you got a permit, permit for that? And, <laughs> there you go. Yep. Gorilla, Aaron and I, guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. Same thoughts. Um, yeah. We 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 did a, another field trip um, in uh, the end of January for the Patreon, um, where we went to various bookstores in Mid Michigan, right. checking out the state of paranormal books, and uh, that was fun because I got to buy a bunch of books. But um, <laughs> and, and and you know the the, the only downside was. Um, I, uh, I I really should have let Sam pick where we had lunch because it was not great. But um, <laughs> I said, really, you want to go yeah. there? And I'm like, oh no, I'm kind of hungry. So um, was it a mom and pop place yeah. or was it a chain? Oh, it, was mom like pop, a, yeah. it was like a it was like a, a dive bar. It was a bar. Like yeah. it was it was a it was a bar and it was not good and. There was like one person working. She took our order and then went and made our food, brought <laughs> uh-huh. our food back, and and like it's like I'm pretty sure this was cooked on a hot plate behind the bar. So, um, 
Yeah. You were about, you were about to channel John Taffer, weren't you? You were going to be like, give yeah, me everything on the menu. I'm putting you through the paces. We're going to do a stress test here. Yeah, the Chizo budget does not run to uh, ordering one of everything uh, at, a, at a place. But, um, but yeah, that, that, was, that was fun because I, I think one thing that, that sort of jumps out at me is, is just how few paranormal books are on the shelves these days. I don't know. Um, it just seems like there's yeah. fewer – Compared to the old days, the old days. Listen to me. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I haven't really looked at bookstores, you know, in bookstores too often nowadays. That's part of the problem, I guess. In a way, you can get all the books. You, you know, you hear about the, even when you hear about, you know, you hear it on the internet, you buy it on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's all it's all one fluid motion. It's not like back in the day where you hear somebody on the radio and you'd have to go and to the bookstore and get them to order it or whatever, or look and see if they have yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, you were going to say something? Um, all I was going to say is that if you are – because the, the field trips are available for our Patreon <coughs> subscribers, and if you watch it um, – Aaron continually cut my face out of the shot, uh, so I learned yes, I that I need to be more in charge of, of filming. <laughs> At one point, he's, he's filming the bookcase, and like you hear my voice like down and off to the side, but it's just the book, the bookshelf. So <laughs> I gave him a hard time about that one. <laughs> well, you know, well, you can't hold the camera because your arms are shorter. I have. So, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a special piece of equipment that will hopefully remedy the situation <laughs> for, for the oh, next no. time around. I I I, I, learned, I got one of those gimbal things that that lets me you know actually track people's faces. So uh, <laughs> with a with a camera, not like you know like tr- chasing them down like a hunter. But um, <laughs> I'm you know, your face. I don't know what this. Uh, yeah, not like a <laughs> selfie stick. It's. It, oh gosh, it is kind of like a selfie stick, but it's motorized. Um, it, it's oh, it's pretty fancy, actually. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty fancy, and I got one used. It makes so. like fluid fluid motion that way. Like we have. Oh one. yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's like a it's huh. like a stabilizer. It's like a, a, yeah. a camera gotcha. stabilizer. So yeah, it, it's. it's I haven't pretty, watched. Yes, Did you I, film I, in the bookstore? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, because um, all, all I ever saw was you guys in the car. <laughs> so I missed, I missed the bookstore part, and I skipped around too. There, there was a, you know, if, if you skip around, you're gonna, you're gonna. The odds are you're, you're gonna get us in the car, and that's the problem with with doing things like this in Michigan in the winter, um, yeah. because you're, you're constantly just like trying to find somewhere warm. Um, so <laughs> it's like we we could we could stand on the sidewalk and and talk about things because it was it was cold that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like. So, of course, I wasn't wearing a coat. That's probably why it was cold. Well, I like your idea, Sam, of uh, going on a ghost hunt because, uh, Aaron, now you and yeah. I were on a ghost hunt together, right? We yeah. did the theater in yes. Halifax, yeah, or wherever yep. it was. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Nothing showed up. I had the same experience, yeah. <laughs> it's a very – now, Sam, have you ever done a ghost hunt? I Well, I – I have in that I the the previous museum that I worked at we ran some ghost hunts so oh. we had like a professional team come in and and you know they did their ghost hunty things. Okay, so all right, so you were I thought you were leading the ghost hunt. 
I was like, no, oh, no, shit. I Did was you... there as, as the staff member, but also participated. So I, I don't know. Some weird go. things happen. We played with some dowsing rods. I even held the dowsing rods. I, I can't explain how they moved. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting experience. Yeah. I'm yeah. not – I found it very – I was thinking about it today because I was thinking about mentioning that Aaron and I did the ghost hunt. Yeah, it's very – I don't know. This, I felt very out of place doing it. Like, uh, like when, mm. like when you're, what, like when someone comes comes into some place and tries to like teach you improv or something, or or something. It's like first we have to do all these voice exercises or something, you know. And I always feel like, yeah, <laughs> like this is awkward. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's the sort of like feeling I get when I think of ghost hunting, where it's like, all right, now I have to. I walk around with this thing, and what? I kind of just, what? I, I talk yeah. to the ghost? I, I feel the same way. The, the, the only other ghost hunt I've, I've did besides in, in uh, Halifax was, or in Nova Scotia was um, I have some good friends of mine in Indiana who run uh, a paranormal ghost investigation. I was going to say society. I, I think it's, it's like just an organization. It's not a society. That sounds very <laughs> so weird. But, um, um I, I tag. It, it, it's always like I, I tag along on a ghost hunt, right? I, I'm not like <laughs> I, I, I might I might help carry stuff. That's like the extent of my of, of my expertise yeah. is I can haul things. But um, yeah, it's it, it's just very um, it, very strange, and it was it was interesting. I, I liked seeing the process. Um, I was I was a little uncomfortable at the the whole sequence where you're in the room alone and you're sort of asking questions to the heirs from asking the ghost if they want to show themselves um because it it, it's weird it's sort of like like half of me feels like this is extremely silly and the other half is like (laughs) golly i really hope nothing actually shows up and does anything weird because that would be very freaky (laughs) so it's like oh this is it's like on the one hand it's like sort of you know the sort of cynical Okay, let's ask the empty room if there's a ghost, and all, also it's like I really hope nothing answers, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing. And 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 not wanting to, and and having questions, but not wanting to ask questions that make it sound like I'm, you know, being extremely sort of debunkery about the whole thing. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it, it's a weird sort of feeling. It, it's like okay, they they they've clearly got a. I was going to say a ritual, but a routine, but ritual maybe um, would be a would be a good word. But you know, there's, there's a sort of pattern to how these things work, and um, it it always just just feels like I'm I, I'm sort of a a a spectator rather than yeah. a uh, a participant. It, it, it does um, it does feel kind of uh, kind of strange. Yeah. But I didn't get to play yeah, that the same way I feel. So maybe maybe that's the key. Yeah. See, now I'm all in like. The, the ghosts are my jam, so like um, ah. that is I am I'm all in for that kind of stuff. I mean, ghosts were sort of my paranormal gateway drug, if you will. Um, oh and wow! So, yeah, I mean, I love I've always loved reading reading ghost stories. I've been to different like ghost hunter presentations. Um, I've you know done the ghost hunts at the museum, and I. I I don't know. I like it. I it's a it's a sort of a I mean I think we kind of talked about it on our Mackinac Island episode a little bit when we had um my one public history friend Claire on and 
I sort of agreed with her, like, the ghost thing is kind of like, you know, answer, touches on, like, different spiritual questions, questions about the world, the universe, whatever, and, and I'm really drawn to that. So, so I dig the ghost hunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, a, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not necessarily averse to them. I'm just like, like I don't, yeah. I'm in the same exact mindset where it's like, yeah, I feel like <laughs> I even tried when we were in Canada to like yeah. immerse myself in the experience and it just doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. It's like being hypnotized mm-hmm. or something. I kept being like, all right, I know, <laughs> I know I'm supposed to possibly see a ghost in a minute. So it's like, I can never kind of get that out of my head that I'm supposed to, that there's supposed to be a ghost at, at any moment. I should be aware, <laughs> Look, looking for the, Did looking for something? the ghost. Are, are the hairs standing up on the back of my neck right now? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> should, should yeah. Be, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Did, did yeah, yeah, I end up like, end of, yeah. Yes, exactly, Aaron. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I end up, I was sitting there for like forty-five minutes, being like, "Is this a cold spot, or am I imagining like <laughs> what, what constitutes cold, really?" You know? It's, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, it goes I, like, I, "You've had your I hand on my crotch spot? for forty-five minutes, sir." <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's the whole, the whole cold spot thing. It, it's like. Like, do you feel the cold spot? It's like, yes, I kind of do, but it is now two in the morning, and it's generally colder <laughs> at two in the morning, you know. And and I'm tired, and you get colder <laughs> when you get tired sometimes. So yeah, I I, I just sort of I, I don't want to go into a a mental place where I I sound like a cynical asshole, you know, to my <laughs> to my ghost hunting people. So. Um, yeah, it, it's but it's it's interesting to see. I was actually more interested in how all their cameras worked. That was the most fascinating thing for me. Was was show me the gadgets. Um, what, what, what kind of adapter you use for this? You know, so yeah, this uh, this, this on batteries. You got an AC plug for this? Yeah, that, that's sort of where my mind goes with it. So. Um, I'm going to completely pivot in a way and throw back to something I was thinking about with the dog man earlier. Uh, I, I brought that, I think I brought this up to Zillia when we were talking about it. I have certain thoughts, I guess, that just dominate my mind at certain points about different topics. Um, but since we were talking about the dog man, did you, uh, explore at all in the show how it's not even possible really for a dog to be walking around like that just because of the way their legs are built? <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't talk about that, but that is, that is a good point that I have read before. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, one, I, I think just one of the just, weirdest aspects. Yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like just 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 anatomically, it it doesn't it doesn't work. You know, it, it, it's because it, it, it's not like a werewolf. It's not like a a dog hyphen right. man. You know, it, it's not like a a chimera sort of creature. It's it's just mm-hmm. to be like a dog walking upright, and it's like that's not going to happen. That that that's you know mm-hmm. it would it, it just it just wouldn't. I mean, and I know, but but some things you know science doesn't have all the answers. No, but legs are they, the leg doesn't bend that way, man. Come on, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, the wildest I, I, part I'm, about I, the thing. It, I, I'm much more sympathetic to to Bigfoot or werewolves or something like that um, than, than I am. It's like, 
it was a dog, but walking upright, you know, and you could see where its leg bent. It's like, and some of them say that. It's like they could see the leg, and so they knew it was a dog and not like a person. It's like, no, no, you didn't see that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, that's, that's one of those, yeah, it's one of those things that always kind of sticks with me because I can't think of, a, mm-hmm. I can't think of a, an analogous sort of thing where it would be like, no, UFOs, they couldn't exist because they're too heavy. Like that's you know, a saucer made of lead would fall from the sky like as soon as it came close to Earth or whatever. So this couldn't work. It's like no, that's kind of how I see almost the the dogman thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Sam, as a dogman aficionado, what, what do you make of that uh, of that aspect of the oh. of the mysterious creature? No, yeah, I think I've I have I have always had questions about that. <laughs> I mean, I have a dog who is fairly wolf type shaped and when he jumps up he puts his front paws on my on my shoulders and he's not walking anywhere <laughs> he, he is <laughs> so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Zach Copley in the chat says oh come on I've had dogs who have walked upright for a few steps at least for a few steps yeah but yeah yeah not like... if I pull my dog back with me his feet are going to move with him but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh no, now he sent me a vi- a video which I I'm not going to open on the <laughs> It's probably a dog walk it's probably like one dog walking on two feet. It's like, okay, dude, we're talking about like a whole, a whole bunch a whole bunch of of dogs. Well, what's interesting too is you point out in that episode that they just seem to be dog men for the most part. It's not like dog kids or a group of dogs or a dog yeah. man and a dog lady or even a dog lady. It's just just dog men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't recall any dog women. I mean, I, I know it's like with Bigfoot, you'll have you know various you know gender diversity in the Bigfoot community. Um, <laughs> Patty, that like, Patty's a lady. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So yeah, but I I don't I don't recall seeing any of that with Dogman. So I I I don't know how they reproduce. I don't want to know how they reproduce. I know there's books <laughs> on Amazon about this, but. You know, that's something that that we will that you know will will never be on the show. But but no. some podcast should do an episode about the explosion of self-published cryptid erotica on Amazon because that is just I would I would listen to that podcast all day if they critiqued cryptid erotica that they uh, they got from the Amazon store. But uh, we're not going to do it. But I think so. Yeah. should. I feel like that's that's gonna be, end up being one of those saucer life episodes you do way down <laughs> when you're when you're really stretching for topics. When, when I'm really stretching for topics, and I'm I'm still not going to do Roswell. You know, I, I will. You know, do, <laughs> do okay. So we got some uh, my sexy abduction erotica tonight, and. Uh, yeah, well, we, you we did Krampus. The, we did Krampus. We did Krampus on, on, on the holiday special. Um, my, my wife read uh, the description of one, and I, I, Sam, you read the description of one, did you? Yeah. For Krampus, okay. Yeah. No, no. Um, the foster wife read the description of it was like a sexy alien Santa Claus book. That's that's the one she did, I think. Um, and I, I actually no, got I, the foster wife. To, the, oh, maybe not. Yeah. 
I actually got Sorry, to talk go to wife that, that 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 Krampus erotica book for Christmas that year. Um, it was not it was not a hit. No. <laughs> now, when I was I, I I was listening to a whole bunch of the episodes, and um, I, I listened to the, I like to listen to the first episode to see kind of how the evolution goes. And, and you were sort of talking about what you guys wanted to talk about on the show, and this may have just been some like throwaway line that you're like, oh shit, we said that. So I apologize. <laughs> if, if that's the case, that, <laughs> that I plucked it out of like the the six months ago ether or whatever. But uh, you were sort of like talking about you know talk about legends and lore and, and stuff like that on the show, and you said disasters and the disastrous, and that kind of like piqued my interest because I ha- I don't recall that you've sort of gone into disasters and disastrous sort of events. So uh, did you do the Edmund? Fitzgerald, uh, was that Great Lakes lore? On the now I'm trying to think, we, but yeah, we have did you it done like disasters little, Yeah, so we did that little. It was like a little mini thing that we did about okay. the Edmund Fitzgerald. Um, we didn't go into like it wasn't like a detailed like account of anything or exploring any like I don't know hauntings or anything surrounding. Yeah, okay, you know, yeah, the you just kind of yeah, it was just a. <laughs> um, but we did a mention that we released on Edmund Fitzgerald's day, <laughs> if you will. Oh. Um, but there were we there was something that was on the shortlist. It was a, a train wreck, and that was in was it New York, Aaron? I can't remember. York, and then we yeah. ditched that yeah. idea. Yeah, but it it could come back. Um, and yeah, um, yeah we, we, we we've had some other. I don't know if, it, if it's quite disaster if it's quite disastrous, but. We've got some um, we've got some ghost towns of the uh, of the Great Lakes region yeah. that uh, that we're going to be talking about in the future. So ghost um, towns. So slow disasters, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, economic <laughs> economic, suppose, yeah. economic displacement and industry shutting down, which is disastrous, I guess, in the long term. <laughs> if you're a coal mine, yeah, yes. <laughs> coal, not coal. I mean, this is this is the Great Lake, not coal, iron. Um, I don't know what they mine, um, but uh, yeah, ghost towns. Uh, there, there's going to be ghost some shipwrecks, town. I think. We've got yeah, uh, yeah, not we'll the next episode, not the next episode, but the episode after is going to be at the, about the Great Lakes Triangle. So uh-huh. there's going to be some plane crashes or plane disappearances and uh, shipwrecks. Um, with that, and uh, I think it's the first topic we've covered that there was an old In Search of episode about back in the 70s. So oh, I'm, nice. I'm I'm excited about that because that was um, I'm old enough to remember. Well, I'm not, but I remember reruns of In Search of. <laughs> so that was that was my paranormal gateway drug was In Search of. Whenever um, there wasn't a baseball game, In Search of would be on. <laughs> so there's a so there's like a Bermuda Triangle of the Great Lakes essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, basically, yeah. Wow, and that's yeah, and there was actually there was actually a book written about it back in the 70s that I'm trying to track down. Um, oh. it's, it's hard to it's hard to find because um, it was one of these books that was like just it just came out in paperback in like 1977, and you know all the copies are like 75 dollars some water damage, you know, in the description. So, um, I might not be able to get a hold of this book, but uh, I'm trying. That would be an interesting book. Uh, we, were kind of, we were kind of railing on the Michigan Mothman, so, I mean, 
yeah, yeah, the Michigan, the Michigan Mall band. To be fair, yeah, there the preponderance of triangles in the in the paranormal is worthy yeah. of its own sort of exploration. Um. I was I was thinking today, you know, why is there not a you know Lake Michigan or a Great Lake dodecahedron or a Great Lake polygon <laughs> or just a Great Lakes rectangle? I mean, you can take all these disasters and kind of just draw a any shape you want, but triangle seems to be the thing. That's creepier. It is creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, well, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Lake Michigan Mothman. It's kind of biting on the Bermuda Triangle. It's like, all right, well, clearly that worked, so we'll we'll make this a triangle also, so people get what we're talking about when it's uh, not really the same thing at all. Well, I guess uh, the lake, the lake. I guess the the Great Lakes Triangle would be uh, akin to the Bermuda Triangle, but I think when you yeah, have large, going to sound cynical, but I think when you just have large places like that, shit happens. But you know, I don't know. I'd have to really dig into it. <laughs> Can you believe that planes disappeared over a whole state? Wow. <laughs> Right, or right. Over five, over like four <laughs> states and a number of lakes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so what do you guys have planned coming up? Uh, the weather's getting better. Uh, I suppose the field trips would be the first thing in in mind. Like, wait, wait, do you have any excursions planned uh, that you're going to head out to visit, check things out anytime soon? Um, Aaron? Uh, yeah, go, go. <laughs> you can say no, nothing on the books yet. <laughs> um, well, I we, we talked a little bit about... Um, or places you'd like places. to go. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go with okay, that. Place. Places, places, okay, places you'd like to go. Okay, that's, there's, um, there's a couple of ghost towns that are within our um, radius of comfort. Uh, at least they were before the gas prices went up. We'll have to read right, about yeah, we'll, yeah. Have to talk, we'll, have, we'll have to talk to accounting and, and see what they say. But, um, yeah, there's there's a um, – oh, I forget the name of it, but uh, – Pure Cheney, uh, a, a ghost town in um, sort of northern mid-Michigan. Would that be the best way to, to say it? Um, yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, um it's a, it's a ghost town where uh, a lot of people died of was it dysentery or something yeah, like that? Yeah, a couple of outbreaks. Yeah. Yeah, a cu- couple of outbreaks of dysentery, and I think there were rumors of an old Indian curse. So, yes. um, <laughs> oh, wow. so but when aren't there, right? Um, so, so that would be kind of cool to um, to to look at. There are some roads that are vaguely haunted and associated with. Um, <laughs> sort of poorly historically sourced witchcraft uh, yes. in uh, eastern Michigan, sort of not too far from, uh, from Detroit uh, that, are, that are kind of interesting. Um, so, yeah, some things like that. Those are just the things that are um, sort of in my mind. Sam, did you have any, uh, anything on that front? Well, we've also we've talked about heading over to White Cloud to yeah. um, do some follow-up research on the Dungeon Swamp mystery. Um, there were some newspapers, the actual real local newspapers from White Cloud hadn't been digitized. We were doing our research, but they're held over there, so we could go over on a Saturday and spend some fun time looking at microfilm. 
<laughs> Which would be fun. Now, this is the... My drama <laughs> now, this is... Now, Sam, this is the case that's in your hometown, right? Yeah. Dungeon... Yes, it is. Can you give... I, I'll make you do the do this... Uh, <laughs> Can you rec- <laughs> give give us a thumbnail, quick thumbnail of that story uh, for people who can check it out yeah. on uh, com. Sure. Basically, um, a family moves into White Cloud, Michigan, in like uh, eight or 19 teens, and um, nobody likes them, and they seem to be sort of rough and rowdy, and um, then then people start dying. A couple people associated with them die. And um, there are some really shady investigations into whether or not this family murdered those people, um, handled really poorly by state police officers, state troopers. Um, and and over time, this all boiled down to l- little Sam being told that there's a haunted swamp filled with ghosts from the murderous Dungeon family um, and that, you know, there were incest babies and like all kinds of crazy things that yeah. you drive there, you know, you'll see lights and hear babies crying and, and whatever. So, um, so this was a story I grew up with and then, um, we researched it and I found out very new things that I had never, never known about. And it really cast a new light onto my understanding of what had happened. So. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I enjoyed, uh, the episode quite a bit. It's, there's a lot of, uh, you guys really get into the detail of the story. There's a lot of colorful aspects to the story, like how the yes. how there's a mob that that like beats a confession out of these people, and then then the authorities are like, "We're going to prosecute the mob, and also we're going to take that confession." And it's like, "Wait, what? Yeah. How's that? <laughs> how is that allowed? Mm-hmm. These poor people." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that the ghost to try and oh, sorry, yes. yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The uh yeah, I have the <laughs> yes, I have it in my notes. The rural finger of suspicion. The rural finger of suspicion. Got to avoid that, my friends. Well, it's an interesting aspect too of what you guys do because especially with this episode is like that's not necessarily that's not a story that's like apocryphal in a sense. It's like you actually found the information that informed mm-hmm. the legend, which is pretty mm-hmm. – that's what historians do, I guess, right, Sam? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was a good, you know, case of this, – this is what you find out if you actually, like, take the time to look into the sources. Um, but, of course, the sources aren't always available to everybody. I mean, we have a newspapers.com subscription, and not everybody's going to have that. And so, you know, we sort of – a fun job to have, I guess, to find the truth or some level of the truth um, and, and, and share that with people, um, you know, more broadly and, and improve their understanding. Now, one thing I did notice on the episodes I have to take issue with, Aaron, is uh, on multiple occasions you expressed a distaste for the Beast of Busco, the large yeah. turtle that, <laughs> that lives uh. in a lake. So, so air it out. Man. What's your what's your problem with the Beast of Busco? Well, my problem with the Beast of Busco <laughs> is that it it, it probably it, at best the the most we can possibly say about the Beast of Busco is that it was a turtle. That's right. It. 
You know, it's just a big, it's just a big turtle. And Sherabusco, Indiana, which is like 10 miles from where I grew up. It's where my dentist was when I was a kid. Um, my, my parents went to church there. The town's entire identity is wrapped up in this turtle. And it's, it, it's, it's, on the one hand, it's like, actually, it, 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 it's, it's kind of sweet. I don't have a problem with the turtle as such. I don't have a problem with the town making money off of turtle days. <laughs> I don't even, I, I do kind of mind this giant sign at the beginning of ta- at the front of the town saying that it's Turtle Town, USA, as though <laughs> it's known for its turtles. It's not. It's known for one turtle that probably didn't exist. That, that bugs me um, on an accuracy level. Um, but but the, the biggest thing that gets me is is that it's referred to, it's always sort of pointed out as being a cryptid in like books like right. Weird Indiana and, and stuff like that. And nobody ever thought it was a cryptid. Nobody ever thought it was something that wasn't natural. Mm-hmm. They just thought it was an abnormally large turtle. You know, and, right. and, and so it, it's just an example of how, you know, the the paranormal industry will, you know, it, you know, nature abhors a vacuum, right? So, well, if there's no cryptid in, in northeastern Indiana. Well, by golly, find <laughs> something, right? Because we need to fill yeah. this. We need more pages in Weird Indiana because it's already it's the least weird state in the union, right? Apart from like <laughs> Iowa. So. Um, it's just it's 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 weird and and what's funny is like it's ridiculous. Up, I, I think no ridiculous. The, the, the word that comes to mind is it's just kind of ridiculous. Like it it's it, it, it but in a good way. It's like delightfully ridiculous. Maybe yeah, <laughs> might be yeah. absurd. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Yeah, it, it's just it, it, I, I can't believe people think there's something there when. When when there ain't, um, yeah. But, uh, but you know, good, good for them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Oscar, the beast, Oscar, the beast of Busco. The beast of Busco. I did a story last year. Uh, the the lake, the property with the lake with the beast of Busco purportedly in it was for sale. I don't know if anyone bought it or not, but you could have owned. I guess I, with that, you you could have bought the beast of Busco essentially. <laughs> I could have. Um, I, I could have, and uh, well, not me. Somebody with more money than me right. could have. Right, someone could have. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I could have, I could have owned, you know, forty acres of poorly drained north northeast Indiana. That that would have, boy, <laughs> that would have been, that would have been ideal. But um, yeah, it's. It, uh, I, I remember, I remember seeing that story and, uh, and and thinking that, gosh, if I were ever to move back home, that's how I'd do it: buying the place where the Beast of Busco was. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I, I, that's the kind of thing, if I had super sh- if shitload of money, like if I had won the lottery, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I'm buying the Beast of Busco. I'm the, oh, I own the Beast of Busco. <laughs> not the lake where he lives. He's, he's mine now. I would, I would, um, I would then sue the town out of its turtle days. I would, I would like forbid turtle days. I, I'd, I'd make them. I'd say, oh, I, yeah, I own the yeah. land where the Beast was, you know. I'd, I'd be like a oh. villain in an 80s movie. You know, exactly. Like bulldozing the orphanage, I'd be. Then all the kids would have to like have a dance off to save Turtle Days or whatever and defeat me. Um, exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, to win back to win back the lake for the town. That somehow I would somehow we would inadvertently wager the <laughs> the lake on some kind of lake, whatever competition could be held on a lake, a jet ski race. And we'd be foiled, yeah. and the town would get the beast of Busco back. And so, yeah, we just wrote a movie I, I in like the last three minutes of this show. I have a gang of thugs who would like threaten the kids, and one of them would be like Terry Funk, like in Roadhouse. Yeah, it, it would be, it would be perfect. It would be a really good movie. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the beast of Busco. This next next big project, yeah. Well, it's. That connects in a sense, and we wrap it up here, I guess, but that, that connects in a sense to the sort of the very beginning almost of uh, the conversation in a way, because the Beast of Busco is, it exemplifies this idea the, uh, of what we were talking about, these sort of like hyper-localized, somebody saw something weird, the local paper covered it, people went crazy for six weeks, and now, now they're turtle down because of that one thing <laughs> right. that happened so long ago. Um, it's it's strange. It's it's crazy. It's a great part of Americana, and part of me well, I was kind of complaining earlier about you don't see this stuff nowadays. It, it does make you nostalgic in a sense for that period because you don't see a lot of places. Be, places nowadays are more synonymous with bad shit happening there. <laughs> so it's it's right. a different world altogether. Um, it, it all is. right, so you yeah. go ahead, Aaron. No, I, I I just said it is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh man. Um, so you guys are on the Patreon, and you're doing pretty well on there. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are doing really well, actually. I know people that have been have have had Patreons for like three years or so, three or four or five years. They try to keep it going, and you know they only have like forty subscribers or something. It's like, oh, jeez, I don't know. But mm-hmm. you guys are you guys are crushing it on there, and. Um, what I like, as I said, I wasn't just blowing smoke up your ass. It's, it is more than the. It's more than a. Uh, it's more than a podcast. It's like an experience. You guys are sort of putting blog posts up and stuff. That's what you got to do with this mm-hmm. thing. That's why I don't have one of those because I'm so <laughs> lazy. <laughs> I'm so lazy. I don't want to be obligated to anyone paying for it. Um, but people should. Subscribe to your Patreon because you're churning out stuff all the time. And Aaron, this is looped in with the Saucer Life, right? So you've you this is yeah. the Chizo Media yeah. Patreon. So people who subscribe to this, um, they're not just getting Great Legs lore; they're getting uh, Saucer Life stuff. And and I got I'm I'm going to be completely honest, folks. I'm not making shit up. Tons of just tons of shit. They're putting out. He's you know Aaron <laughs> and Sam are, are are loading that thing up with content. So. Uh, definitely check it out. You want to talk a little bit about that, Aaron? Uh, you know, you've what's your experience like as you know uh, entering the the uh, the Patreon fray? Yeah, it's it's uh, something I've been thinking about for a while. Actually, I had it set up like three years ago, and um, I I was like, ah, oh, gosh. I mean, do I want to be do I want to be one of those Patreons that has like like you know my friend who subscribes and that's it, you know, and sort of like. <laughs> Like then obligated to to provide content for you know you know a guy and his his hamster but um so <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah so I was just like very very trepidatious about um about doing any of that. I had a lot of ideas about stuff I wanted to put up like as far as content, 
um, that I had a hard time justifying putting the time into without some sort of, you know, money, right? But yeah. um, but then but then Sam was like, well, why don't we do this? And I'm like, okay, I guess I guess if, if somebody besides me thinks it's a good idea, you know, maybe <laughs> I should try it. So um, yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. I, I'm I'm really one of the things that I I really like and and. Um, Sam can tell us what she really likes about it, but but what I really like about it is um, having that um, opportunity to, uh, to 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 sort of create those sort of every week we have a, a a sort of blog style post about research we're doing or methodology or something like that, and I really like doing that. I've been wanting to do something like that for a long time, but just with the podcast, it was just like ah, I don't know if I want to spend the time to do that, but now it's like, okay, well, I feel an obligation to provide content, so now I've got all these ideas and things I want to talk about, so that's that's kind of fun, and, and I enjoy doing that. I, I enjoy getting the comments and, and an additional avenue of comments and feedback from an in, a sort of invet, literally invested group of um, of listeners to both shows, so I like that interaction. I like um, having that space to sort of provide something for an audience who, um, kind of like Sam talks about, who, who, who has decided to spend their time to, to be there rather than out of a, a sense of obligation. So that's what I've enjoyed about it. Yeah, it's cool. I'm, I, and, uh, you know, full disclosure, I am a subscriber, folks. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy it quite a bit. And I, what I like, too, is uh, I don't post really in the thing, but I, uh, what you were saying, too, it's like, there's a lot of good feedback from the listeners and people who are, you know, they're literally invested in the thing. So they care a lot about uh, the show and you get really good feedback from people, you know, from those folks. Um, you got one guy in there, though. I'm going to rip on him, uh, rib him here, or rip on him, I guess. <laughs> but mostly in, a, mostly in a lovingly way. Kirk Walker, I don't know who this character is, but he, uh, every, he, he stopped doing it now, but every time... I would do a show. He, if I didn't have it up on the podcast feed within like a day, he'd be like, "When's that show coming up? When's that show coming up?" <laughs> so if, if, if Kirk Walker's listening to this, and I'm going in, the, I'm in the, the Patreon for Cheese uh, Media, and I see Kirk Walker, and I'm like, "Oh, you don't be bullying them, Kirk. You let <laughs> they'll get their show out when they do. Now, don't 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 hassle them." Oh man, uh, I love Kirk Walker. Uh, I, he's very mysterious. I think he has like data from sci- uh, from Star Trek as his thing. So it's like, is this yeah. even a person? Who is this? Uh, <laughs> um, all right. Well, for you know, everything, it's like so on demandy now, and I'm letting you guys go in a second. So don't don't uh, <laughs> don't get too antsy. Uh, but everything is so on demandy now. Um, but is there is there a time and a place where well obviously the place for Great Lakes Lore is greatlakeslore.com dot com and uh, saucerlife dot com for saucer life. Um, but is there a, is there a schedule that people should you know they, when when can they expect new shows or is this kind of as they flow out of Chizo uh, Media headquarters? Uh, for Great Lakes Lore, we release new shows every other Monday. So this upcoming Monday is. Um, a, a release day. We're releasing our episode um, on the Windigo, and that went up on actually the Patreon today because subscribers get that early. 
Um, and so, so yeah, we try to keep that going every other week. And um, and then actually, uh, the saucer life is sort of alternate weeks. But um, Aaron, I'll let you talk about when you when you release those. Um, yeah, we, we sort of have have regular episodes every other Friday. Um, t- so today we had a new episode come out about um, some of the UFO magazines that Alan Greenfield did back in the uh, oh. 1970s. And, and then on, on alternate weeks, we, we do sort of a uh, listener feedback and sort of respond to listener comments and questions. Um, just a brief little, uh, little thing, sometimes really short, sometimes a little bit longer, depending on uh, how people um, feedback. So uh, generally, Fridays, there is Saucer Live content. And on the Patreon, those come out on Wednesdays. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, uh, I'll let you guys go here. Thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm a huge fan of the show. Um, you know, I really love what you guys are doing. and it's what I, I remember when I had Aaron on when he first started Saucer Life, and I was, like, so jealous because he's just such an amazing job. And, and now I'm, like, doubly jealous because now he's got two great shows and an awesome co-host, and, and, and Great Lakes Lore is fantastic, and, and you know, so – uh, I'm I'm very impressed with the with with, with the work you guys are doing. Uh, it's really uh, it's really awesome, entertaining, and, and educational and enlightening. It's you know it's really good. It's uh, like I said, uh, but I it, I I, well, I rarely listen to shows, but I listen to them sometimes. I'm like, ah, oh, geez, these guys are really good. Damn it, oh, this is <laughs> this is this is really awesome stuff that I'm listening. <laughs> I gotta get my life together. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how good the show is, folks. That's the kind of that's it's a fantastic program. Uh so go check it out. Greatlakeslore.com and I really enjoyed uh talking to you guys tonight and thank you for everything and uh yeah, I'll be keeping keeping tabs on what you're doing next. All right. Well thanks so much for having us. It was a great talking yeah. to you. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Good night. All right, yeah. Talk to you later. Yep. Later. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. There you go. That was uh, Aaron and Sam from Great Lakes Lore. Uh, I wasn't just, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to be be uh, hyperbolic there. I really do enjoy their show quite a bit. It's fantastic stuff. Um, it's really well put together, and it's uh, it's really, really good. So check it out, and check out the Patreon. It's only like five bucks, I think. So considering all these subscription services out there, it's a good deal. Uh, and you do get a lot of stuff on there. So, with all that said, what do we got next week? So next week is the inadvertent uh, Winter of Weirdness finale, I believe, because next week's the 18th, and the uh, first day of spring is the 21st. So I don't know. That doesn't necessarily mean we're not going to do a show the week after that just means I fucked up the name of the <laughs> of the season and didn't really plan it out very well. But I had all that chaos in January and February, so uh, as I said before, the winter weirdness is, is cursed as a concept, which would explain uh, why we're uh, pulling a Sully Sullenberger on the landing of the winter of weirdness. With the inadvertent uh, wow finale next week, with uh my friend and I, I, I believe he goes by his his uh his government name. So uh he's he's A P prodigious. 
on Twitter. He's a good friend of mine, Matt Hopewell. He's been on a whole bunch of shows. If you're in the uh, weird Twitterverse, you know Matt well, uh, and he's pretty prolific on uh, Facebook, too, I believe, but I'm, like, barely on Facebook, so I mostly see him on, on Twitter, and he lives around here, uh, the New England area, and we've hung out a few times, and he's a big-time uh, paranormalist. He's into all kinds of uh, strange and unusual stuff. He has a fantastic uh, appreciation for the history of the paranormal and the uh, kind of in keeping, I, I think, if there's a theme that's sort of emerging here, uh, you know, over the course of this second half of the winter of weirdness, it would be sort of like that classic, that classic uh, retro uh, high strangeness, and that's that's right in uh, Matt's wheelhouse as well. So we'll be we'll be exploring, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. That's going to be next Friday night uh, at 9 p.m. So that would be what March 18th at 9 p.m. Same but all time, same but all channel. Uh, and then what happens after that? I don't know. I may get lazy and take a couple of weeks off while I try to figure out what we'll call the next incarnation of uh, BOA. But uh, there's still a whole bunch of people left for me to talk to that I haven't got around to talking to. So I don't expect that we're uh, going to fold up the tent just yet for 22. 22, yeah. Um, yeah. So on that on that note, big thanks to Zach Copley and Jim Latica for joining us in the chat room. Thanks to all the folks who tuned in live. And, of course, thanks to all the people who are listening uh, on the MP3, uh, you know, via the podcast feed. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, this is Tim at All, signing off. Yeah.